Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. If you would turn your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 23, we're at the very end of the chapter. Matthew chapter 23, beginning in verse 37. The passage today, Jesus laments over Jerusalem and his people because they had turned away from him. They had turned away from him just like they had turned away from the prophets before. And he talks about how because they have rejected him, that the temple will be abandoned. And actually in the chapter 24, which we're going to get to the first two verses of today, he predicts that the temple will actually be destroyed, which it was in 70 AD, 40 years after the crucifixion. And one thing I want us to see about this text is this... This is one of the passages that I think illustrates the, how the sovereignty of God and human responsibility fit together. The sovereignty of God. God is in control of all things. The cross was His plan from the beginning of the foundation of the world. His plan from the very beginning was to send His Son Jesus to save sinners. To save His people from the very beginning. It wasn't a plan B. That was God's plan. And yet, Jerusalem, those who rejected Jesus, were still responsible for what they did. They were responsible. Jesus says, and you would not. And somehow these two things fit together in the mind of God. It boggles our minds. But I think the Bible teaches both things. In the same sense, just as the cross was God's plan from the very beginning so that Jesus would come, the Son of God would come and He would be the King of kings, the Lord of lords, a man sitting on the throne. That was His plan. And yet, He chose to use the willing disobedience of His people to bring that about. In the same way, if you're a believer here today, You're a believer because God chose you from the foundation of the world. God chose you. You didn't deserve it. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. You were a rebel shaking your fist at God. And God reached down into the muck and pulled us out And He cleaned us off. And He called us His children. That 
That was His choice. We didn't do anything for our own salvation. He did it. He did it all because it's all of grace. And yet, we also see that those who turn away from Jesus, they are responsible for their choice. No one will one day be in hell saying, well, I really wanted to follow Jesus. I just couldn't. No. Everyone in hell one day will be there because they chose what they responded to Jesus by. And somehow this boggles the mind. We can't understand it. But the Bible teaches these two things and they fit together perfectly in God's mind. As humans, it's a mystery. But it's what the Bible teaches. Let's go ahead and look at our text. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often I would have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under the wings and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate. For I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus left the temple and was going away when his disciples came to point out to him the buildings of the temple. But he answered them, You see all these, do you not? Truly I say to you, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word. Lord, we pray that You would comfort us with it. Lord, we pray that You would use it to draw us to You, to closer to You, into deeper fellowship with You. We pray that You would use it to draw us into deeper obedience to You. Lord, we pray You would give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts that would obey. Lord, I need Your grace. If I don't have You, then I am a clanging cymbal. Give me love for Your people this morning. If I don't have You, I'm just speaking words into the air. Father, I pray that You would give me grace and Lord, that Your Word would go out this morning. In Jesus' name, Amen. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to you. Jesus here laments, Oh, Jerusalem! Jerusalem! He laments. This is the place where God chose to put His temple. This was the place where God shows that His presence would be for His people. It represented His presence. This was the place where King David established a temple. Where, Well, he, he didn't build the temple. His son 
Solomon built the temple, but David brought the capital there to Jerusalem. It had been the place that more than any other symbolized God's presence. And yet, the very place that God had chosen to put His temple, to put His presence over and over and over again throughout the Old Testament, we see that they rejected the prophets. They rejected them. They killed the prophets. They stoned them. So we see Jerusalem here, the object of God's affection, and yet scorning the one who loved them. Stiff-arming the God who would save them. He longed for them. And yet their response was so the opposite. Let's linger here for a moment. God pleads to us, come to me, come to me, come to me. And in our sin, we stiff arm him. We are stubborn. It takes God reaching into our heart and changing us before we can do anything else. We are just like that city, Jerusalem, unless God first makes a change in our hearts. Jesus says, How often I would have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. Imagine the picture of the safety and security there represented. Jesus, He says, I would have gathered He's not speaking like one of the prophets. He's speaking as only God could speak. I would have gathered. That's Jesus speaking. Jesus would have gathered together the children of God, the children of Israel under His wing like a hen, like a mother hen, safely and securely under her wing. Imagine the picture of safety and security. We all desire that safety and security. Imagine the safest and most secure place that you can feel. The comfort of someone who loves you, holding you under their arm. This It does not even compare to the safety and security that God held out through Jesus to His people. And yet, Jesus says, and you would not. It is possible to resist the pleading of the Lord. I believe that for those whom God chose, He will overcome all of our resistance. It's like 
For those whom He chose. For those of us. If we are believers in Christ, if we start to stray away, He will do everything He can to bring us back into the fold. He will not let us go. There are those who will stubbornly continue to resist, to resist, to resist, to resist, and one day they will have resisted for too long and the time will run out. There will no longer be and there will no longer be anyone there will be no one to blame except for them. God reaches out his arms to Panama. He reaches out His arms to each one of us. And we are not to stiff-arm Him. We are not to keep Him at light, but we are to come into His embrace to hold, be held by the loving arms of the Father. And if we don't, we have no one to blame but ourselves. See, Jesus says in verse 38, see your house is left to you desolate. There are three passages in the uh, Old Testament that this may have been a reference to. There was one in Isaiah and two in Jeremiah. Ron read from one. Your house, my house I have left abandoned. The house here is the temple. Jesus says, my temple was here in Jerusalem. This was the place where I had chosen to be a representation of my presence with my people, but it will be left abandoned because you have rejected me. Just the same as Jeremiah was saying. It will be left abandoned because you have rejected me. See, your house is left to you desolate. For I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We've heard that phrase before. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It happened on the triumphal entry. Palm Sunday. Which is next week. But actually, in our text, it was back in chapter 1. We've already passed it. So all this is taking place in the last week of Jesus' life. So he's talking about this as a future event. Not a past event. Until you hear, until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. There is a time coming when all will say, blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. In fact, it says, until you say, blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. This is not talking about His first coming. This is talking about when He comes again. One of these days, He will come again and every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. 
One of these days, He will come again, and even those who rejected Him here in this life will one day bow their knee and say, Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus is saying to Jerusalem, Your time has passed. It is too late. You have rejected me. And as he goes to the cross, as he approaches the cross, he is saying, after my death and resurrection, you will not see me again until I come again in glory. Their opportunity has passed. Chapter 24. Jesus left the temple. He was going His way. Now, Jesus had been around the temple ever since chapter 21. He had gone in in the triumphal entry. He had cleansed the temple. And He had been in and around the temple surroundings ever since that chapter 21. And now He's leaving the temple. He He goes away when his disciples came to point out to him the buildings of the temple. They're impressed. Jesus had just mentioned that his house would be left desolate. He, he, that the disciples point out the impressiveness of all the buildings. Amazing. I was reading about um, the dimensions of the temple I'm not sure if I got accurate information or not, but one thing, I, I think the, the highest point, with what I read was like nine stories high. It was to be about 1,400 feet wide and 900 feet in breadth. That would be maybe the walls around it. This was massive. It was big and it was cut from stones that were 100 tons each. It was big. It was impressive. People would come and see it and they would be blown away at the majesty of it. Reflecting the glory of God. And so the disciples, they were impressed by this temple. And Jesus answered them, you see all these now. Truly, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. This is impressive. This is a big spectacle. Jesus is not impressed. He says one of these days, which is not far off, the temple will be destroyed. In 70 A.D., 40 years after the cross and the resurrection, or approximately, I'm rounding. In 70 A.D., the Romans come in and they level the temple. And there's never been a temple since then. Let me correct myself. There's never been a physical temple since then. Jesus here points out that the temple that was made with hands is passing away. 
In 70 AD, that became very clear. The temple that was made with human hands was passing away. But he has a new temple. He has a new temple. First of all, it's his own body, which he said, though it would be torn down, would be raised in three days. And as Jesus rose from the dead, He fulfilled that prophecy, and and He is the temple. And yet, also we see that we are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. And as Paul tells us, we are being built up into a holy temple. God's presence no longer sets on a physical, geographical location. Not in Jerusalem and not this building. God's presence indwells every believer. Our bodies are the temple of God. We must take care of our bodies. We must not abuse our bodies. Because our bodies are now the temple of God. Jesus accurately predicts what's going to happen. He prophesies what would take place 70 AD. And yet, you can go to Jerusalem today and there are still ruins. Jesus said, not a stone will be left on another. I think there's a greater fulfillment yet to come. When He comes again, there won't be any need for any physical temple. We are the temple of God. As believers as He indwells us inside of us, and as we meet together corporately, together to worship Him, we are this temple. Now, what does this all mean to us? Jesus pleads with us to be reconciled to Him. Jesus pleads with us, lay down our burdens, lay down our sin, give it to Him. He takes it to the cross and nails it to the cross. It is gone forever. It is taken away. It is taken and divided from us as far as the east is from the west. He has done this work for you. He pleads with us. Accept my forgiveness. Come to me. Bow down now. Because there comes a time when it is too late. Come. Come. I'll be a father to you. I will cuddle you under my wing. Like a mother hen. Don't resist his pleads of mercy. Come to the Savior. You don't have to clean yourself up first. He accepts you as you are, and he gives you a new heart, and you change from the inside out. 
Come. Come to Him. And for the believer, the message is no different. Are you weary and are you heavy laden? Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. He will give you rest. Stop trying to fix it yourself. Stop trying. Come to Jesus and He will give you rest. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.